Good afternoon, everyone, and special welcome to those of you who are watching uh, online, and a blessed new year to one and all, and I'm sure for those of you who are physically here in Western Australia, you must be having a good time uh, exploring all our own backyard uh, in Western Australia, visiting places that we've never been before, so I think that's been really, really good, and I trust that you are now refreshed and uh, ready to go into 2021. Now, 2021 is going to be a special year, I believe. Uh, it's a year that we have declared as a year of the Holy Spirit. And we are trusting God to come and work among us in fresh, new ways. You know, as a disciple-making church, we have always been strongly emphasizing the need for the Word of God. We always believe that discipleship should be deeply rooted in the Word. But we also want to see our discipleship not only having roots, but also wings, wings to soar with the Holy Spirit. And we are trusting that this year, the Lord will help us to really marry the two of the Word and the Spirit, that we will have both roots as well as wings. Uh, roots in the Word of God and wings to soar in the power of the Holy Spirit. And last week, we had Dr. Dan uh, kicking us off uh, and helping us look at the whole area of the anointing. And today, I want to kick off our year by learning to host the presence of God, learning to host the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to invite you now to go with me to Luke chapter 5. I'll read for you an incident in the ministry of our Lord Jesus. Okay, Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Just one verse, and then we'll take it us, we'll help us to launch off into our subject. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Listen to this. One day, as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village, from Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for Him to heal the sick. And the power of the Lord was present for Him to heal the sick. Lord, I pray that this, this evening, this, this afternoon, that You will come and You speak to us. I pray that, Lord Jesus, as your servants hear it, your Holy Spirit will minister to our hearts. We come into 2021 with great aspirations and dreams and hopes uh, for this year. Lord, we have said goodbye to a rather challenging year in 2020. And as we come into 2021, we pray that, Lord, you will take us into a whole new season where we will see you move among us in fresh new ways. So we commit this time of sharing now to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The scripture informs us here in Luke chapter 5 that there are places and situations where the power of the Lord can be present to such an extent that it can be tangibly felt. The way that the, the, the gospel writers record it is this, the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Now, if it is true that the power of, God, of the Lord can be tangibly present in one instance, it can also mean that the power of the Lord can be tangibly absent in another instance. Isn't that right? If we say that there are instances when the, when the power of the Lord will be present, it is also at the same time implying that the power of the Lord can be tangibly absent in another instance. Isn't that right? And that is why there are some churches that you walk into, there are some places you walk into where you can tangibly sense the presence of the Lord. That there's just something in the atmosphere that builds faith and carries a sense of revival. 
Now, I understand and I know that theologically, we all know that God is omnipresent, that God is everywhere. He feels all in all. Okay, when, when we all understand that God is present. Whether you know it or not, God is here. But what we need to realize is that the presence of God, I believe, can be experienced at three different dimensions. We can experience the different dimensions of the presence of God. And let me outline them for you. The first is what I would call the omnipresence of God. This is a theological fact that is unchangeable. Whether you believe it or not, whether I believe it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, God is everywhere. He feels all in all. How many of you will say amen to that? Right? God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. It is true whether you are Christian or you are non-Christian. God is here. Whether you realize it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, whether you feel it or not, I want you to know something. God is here. He is here in our midst. That's the omnipresence of God. But there is another dimension that Christians experience, and we call it the practice presence of God. Uh, we, we are consciously, every one of us, the moment you come into this hall this morning, you have consciously practiced the presence of God. Right? Every time we pray, every time we praise, every time we worship, what are we doing? We are consciously acknowledging that God is here in our midst. And how many of you know that is only relevant to believers? It's only believers that will practice the presence of God. We are saying that God, you are here and therefore we worship you. Therefore we praise you. You see? And how do you practice the presence of God is through the spiritual disciplines. And this is only applicable to believers. But here's my challenge to you, brothers and sisters. We cannot just be content to know that God is present, His omnipresence. We cannot just be content to practice the presence of God through the spiritual disciplines. But I think we can press into another dimension of God where we experience His manifestation. It is the manifested presence of God. And this is when the presence of God becomes tangibly felt in a place. You can almost feel it. You can sense it. And that is why some of you may have experienced this, right? You walk into a hall, you walk into an auditorium. Before the worship even starts, you find yourself weeping. Why? That's the presence, the manifested presence of God touching you. Some of you have experienced, right? You, the moment the music starts, Tears begin to flow down from your, from your eyes and you don't even understand why. What is that? That's the tangible presence of God working in our life, working upon us, you see. To use the words of John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, he described it this way, my heart was strangely warmed. You know, he was struggling with his faith until the Aldous Gate experience. There was an experience where he actually tangibly felt the presence of God. And then he said, my heart was strangely warm. What is that? It's the manifested presence of God. And I believe, brothers and sisters, that in 2021, we want to press into the manifested presence of God. And we all say amen to that. I want more of that manifested presence. You know, the best way I can illustrate what the manifested presence is would be something like this. Um, we all know that there is moisture in the air, don't we? There is H2O in the air, right? But can you see it? No, you can't see it. But how many of you know that when the, when the conditions are right, when the temperature is right, when the humidity is right, when air hits a cold surface, then what happens? Mist comes. Right? You see a mist. What is that? 
that is water manifesting itself. But how many of you know it, is been, it has been there all the time? Water is always there, but you don't see it until the conditions are right. And when the conditions are right, water hits it, boom, mist comes out, frost comes out. That is water manifesting itself. Now, in the same way, it is with the, with the presence of God. We know that God is always here because He is omnipresent. And that is why we practice His, His presence through worship, praise, and prayer, and all that. But I'm challenging you, brothers and sisters, that in 2021, let's press beyond into the manifested presence of God. What is the condition that will actually bring the manifested presence of God into our midst? I believe it's the hunger of our heart. It is our hunger, it is our thirst that will actually create a landing pad for the presence of God to land in our midst. It is our hunger for His presence. It is our thirst for Him that will literally pull God out of His dimension and into ours. And He will manifest Himself in our midst. And we will see a greater manifested presence of God if we are hungry, if we are thirsty for Him. And FCC, let me challenge you. Let's learn to host the presence of God in 2021. You see, when the Holy Spirit is welcome. When the Holy Spirit is honoured in this place, He will be delighted to move in our midst. See, it's the same with us, right? When we visit somewhere, if we visit a home where we are warmly welcomed, then guess what? We feel at home and we are very likely going to show up again. Is that right? You go somewhere where you're welcome, you would want to show up again. In the same way, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And where He is welcome, where He is honoured, he will make his presence felt. See, I, remember 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 11 and 12? The scripture tells us this, right? The ark of the Lord remained in the house of a man called Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months. And when Obed-Edom had the ark in his house, the Lord blessed him and his entire household. When Obed-Edom was hosting the Ark of the Covenant in his house, where the manifested presence of God is, the Bible tells us that he and his household, they were greatly blessed. If you and I would learn to host the Holy Spirit, we will see the blessings and the favour of the Lord in this house. And I believe if we learn to host the presence of God, God will begin to move in our midst. So question, how can we host the presence of God. How can we learn to host the Holy Spirit? The Lord put three things on my heart that I want to uh, present to you that when it comes to hosting the manifested presence of God, here are three specific things that you and I can do in order to host His presence. The first is this. All of us, every one of us, must learn to rise up in worship. When you think about the Ark of the Covenant, it is a box, right, with a mercy seat on top and then in the center is the presence of God, manifested presence of God. But by the side, there are two angels. They are bowing to the presence of God with the tip of their, their wings touching one another. Okay, now, that is a beautiful picture of how to host the presence of God in the midst of us. As the shadow beings bow in reverent worship before the Shekinah glory of God, so you and I must learn to bow in worship before our King. See, Psalms 23, verse 3. I love what the psalmist wrote here. He said, Thou art holy, 
O thou who that inhabit the praises of Israel. You are holy, you who inhabit the praises of Israel. The word inhabit in the Hebrew can also be translated to sit. You are holy and you sit on the praises of Israel. In other words, what he's saying, what he's saying to us is this, every time we worship, every Sunday when you come, every Friday when you go to your cell group and you worship the Lord, you know what you're doing? You're not just singing a few favorite songs. You know what you're doing? You're literally building a throne for God to come and sit on. And when you raise heartfelt worship to the Lord, you build a throne and God comes and sits on it. And guess what? Every time we enthrone God in our praise and our worship, where God sits, He will rule. Where God sits, He reigns. And when God is reigning in the midst of us, then anything can happen. And then all of a sudden, you will see signs, wonders, miracles can take place in our midst because God is reigning in the midst of, the, of, of, of His people. And then the sick can be healed, the oppressed can be set free, the brokenhearted can be lifted, the weak can be strengthened. Amen. We need to learn to rise up in worship, build a throne for God to come and sit on and let God rule and reign in this place. And we all say amen to that. That is what we seek to see in 2021. You know, the prophet Elisha in the Old Testament really demonstrates for us vividly how worship prepares the way for the flow of the Spirit. Now, let me tell you an incident that took place in 2 Kings chapter 3. You can go home and read it for yourself. It's powerful. In 2 Kings chapter 3, there was a king at that time who was ruling the, the king of Israel, and his name was Jehoram. Or in some translation, you'll see the word Joram. But Jehoram actually declared war on the neighboring country of Moab. And he knew that he couldn't take on Moab on his own. So what he did was he called for some allies. And basically, he brought two other kings with him. One was the king of Edom. The other is the king of Judah, who, who is Jehoshaphat. And they were going to go and attack Moab together. And then as they set out, they discovered that they got lost, you know, in the wilderness. And they were wandering around. And they couldn't find water after a while. And in their desperation, they know that they were going nowhere with this whole endeavor. And then in their desperation, they begin to say, what should we do? And it was at this point when Jehoshaphat, who was the king of Judah at that time, he suggested, why don't we go to the house of Elisha? Because Elisha at that time was the prophet of, 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 of God. And he said, why don't we go to the prophet and then we ask him for a word. Should we go and attack Moab or not? Because we don't seem to be going anywhere with this. And so what happened then was they decided that they would do that. So they all went to the house of Elisha. When they got there, they discovered that Elisha did not welcome them uh, with open arms. He did not. You know why? Because in Elisha's heart, he was still very angry with one of the kings there, which is basically, basically Jehoram. He was upset with Jehoram. You know why? Because Jehoram was the son of Ahab and Jezebel. And Elisha was still upset with what Ahab and Jezebel has done to his mentor, Elijah. So he was, he was not happy with them. And then when they came to see him, what Elisha said was found in 2 Kings 3, verse 13. First thing he said to them was this, What do we have to do with each other? asked Elisha. You go to the prophet of your father. You go to the prophet of your mother. Referring to who? Ahab and Jezebel. Why come to the God of Israel? 
when you are against his, his, his prophet. You go and find your own prophet of Baal. You go and find the prophet of your mother and father. See, he refused to entertain them. In fact, has it not been for the fact that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, was present and he was a godly man, Elisha would not have even entertained them. But because Jehoshaphat was there, in the end, Elisha decided and agreed to seek the Lord on their behalf okay, because of the presence of Jehoshaphat. And the first thing Elisha did, don't miss this, the first thing he asked for was, bring me a musician, bring me a harpist. Because you know why? The atmosphere was so bad. Hello? The atmosphere was so bad. We had, he was in the presence of Jehoram and he was so upset. The, the atmosphere was just not right. And so what did, what did he do? First, Second Kings 3, verse 15, listen to this. He said, now bring me a harpist. And while the harpist was playing, then the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha. And then what came forth was a powerful prophetic word. Here's my point. Through worship, the inspirational gifts of the Spirit were activated. I want you to know, musicians, if you are here, listen, you are not just people who play music and make something nice come out of the instrument, but you are actually architects of the atmosphere. You are literally creating, you are literally building and nurturing an atmosphere for God to be able to move. And when the harpies begin to play, that's when the Spirit of the Lord came. And we see this worship is so critical when it comes to wanting to host the presence of God in our midst. We see the same principle illustrated for us in the life of King David in 1 Samuel 16, verse 16 and 17. Let me read this one for you. Whenever the Spirit from God came upon Saul, David would take his harp and play, and relief will come to Saul. And he will feel better, and the evil spirit will leave him. So what's happening here is this, brothers and sisters, when King Saul began to disobey the Lord, the Lord actually allowed, or in other words, King Saul opened a door for a demonic spirit to actually torment him. It was a, a spirit of torment would come upon him. And whenever Saul come under torment, it was the worship of David that actually set him free. So here's my point. When true worship invades the hearts of God's people and the place where we are gathered, the spiritual atmosphere becomes conducive for faith and revival. Worship builds a landing strip for the presence of God to land in our midst. Worship pulls God out of His dimension and into ours. It opens the door of the church to welcome the manifested presence of the Lord and make it comfortable for His habitation. Worship, brothers and sisters, is the place where God feels at home. It is the place of His strength and power. So my challenge to you, every one of us in FCC in 2011 or 2021, let us bring passionate worship to God that will cause our God to come and make His habitation with us. Let's build a resting place for Him so that the release of His power would come forth and we say amen to that. Let's build a throne for God to come and sit on and let Him rule and reign in our midst. And that is why in worship, we learn to dominate the spiritual atmosphere. We don't allow the prevailing spiritual atmosphere to dominate us. Even when we're 
we come into places where the prevailing spiritual atmosphere is sterile. When it is very flat, we do not come under it. We don't allow that atmosphere to invade us. But instead, we rise and take over in Jesus' name. We can dominate the spiritual atmosphere instead of allowing the spiritual atmosphere to dominate us. We pray strong and we press in until the darkness is broken and God's manifested presence can break in. We are made to dominate the atmosphere, not to let atmosphere dominate us. So instead of coming into our service, instead of going to your Friday night, expecting to have a boring time of worship, you know, same old, same old. We should tell our spirit man to come alive and we will worship the Lord with all our heart, our mind, and our strength. See, every Sunday when you come here, come early, be seated, get ready. So the moment the worship starts, we engage, we dominate, and we allow the spiritual atmosphere to become conducive for faith and revival. Hello? Many of you arrived. Don't just stay outside and chit-chat. Why don't you come in here, big, get ready, and let's engage the presence of God. Let's host His presence in our midst. And then God will move in marvelous ways. Not some even worse. You wait your time. You wait until the worship is over, and then you come in and hear the Word of God. You are selling yourself short. There's something powerful in worship. We learn to come and host the presence of God. We purpose every time. Give Him extravagant praise, extravagant praise, exuberant worship, extreme passion each time we come into His presence. I tell you, every time I come, whether I feel like it, I don't feel like it, one thing I know, worship is not for me, worship is for Him. And if God desires exuberant praise, extreme passion, I give it to Him. You watch me every time. Once I come into the presence of God, my hands will go up. I will sing at the top of my lungs. Not because I'm trying to make a loud noise and get somebody's attention, but simply because my God deserves it. He deserves our utmost for His highest. So you come in every time. If worship is the ethos of this church, then it must not rest with the worship team only. It must be embraced by every one of us. And because we have decided to dominate the spiritual atmosphere, dominion will come into our soul. Jack Hayford calls it dominion in our soul. We take control of the spiritual climate. We change it from deadness to vibrancy. And then demons will have to bow to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Dominion will return to our soul. We were made to dominate the spiritual atmosphere. So here's my challenge to you. How do we host the Holy Spirit? Let's start with this. Rise up in worship. Not just the worship team, not just your pastors and leaders. Every one of us rise up in worship. Every time we gather in our connect group, every time we gather here, let's rise up in worship. Rise up in worship in your, in your closet. Host the presence of God one-to-one -one with God and see Him move in marvelous ways. And every time you do that, you build an atmosphere of faith for yourself. So number one, rise up in worship. Turn to your neighbor and say, rise up. Come on, tell them. Rise up in worship. That's what we're going to do. Here's number two, step out in faith. Step out in faith. Worship cultivates an atmosphere of faith. 
And that is what takes us into the realm of the supernatural. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, I believe, are operated by faith. Faith in operating the gifts of the Spirit is the same as faith for the salvation of a loved one or faith for finance. It's the same. We must step out of our comfort zone and see prayers answered. And when you step out in faith, let the body of Christ judge the manifestation if it is of God or if it is not. You see, which basically tell us this, we must be accountable to the body. Be accountable. And remember, faith can also be spelled R-I-S-K. Faith is learning to take risks for God too. You cannot step into the stream of the Spirit except for a willingness to take risks for God. When we all start uh, operating in the gifts of the Spirit, we are not skilled in them, okay? We are not familiar with it. And often we can be uncertain about whether is that from the Lord or is that from me. We can be uncertain. In my own experience, I found that I've often received something from the Lord, but because of fear and uncertainty and the unwillingness to take risks, sometimes I don't respond to the promptings of the Spirit and I can grieve Him. And I believe uh, there are occasions when I've literally grieved the Spirit. Uh, I, my latest one, I think, was about a year or two ago. I was doing a seminar in Singapore. I still remember about 100 people in a room. I was teaching a seminar. And when I started teaching, there was one sister sitting down there that kind of stood out to me. Kind of like she stand out for me. And somehow in my spirit, I just know that this is a sister that wanted to conceive a child, but she could not. And, and in my mind, I was telling myself, I need to pray for her. I need to tell her that, and then I'm going to pray for her. But somehow, I did not respond. I, I, and even at finished the teaching, I, I did not give an altar call. I just did not respond to that prompting. And then I just closed the meeting, and that was the end. And I was about to leave when, and when this sister, this same sister, actually came up to me, and then he asked me to pray for her. And guess what the prayer request was? Exactly. She was trying to conceive and she couldn't for some time. And she was actually asking me to pray for her in that regard. And I was thinking to myself, I missed it. Can you imagine if I have called her out, if I have actually told her what I've censored, what I've sensed? How much more powerful, how much more faith building that would have been for her, isn't it? For her to know that God knows what she's going through. But because I did not obey, all I could do now is pray for her. I failed to step out in faith and take risks for God. And I missed that moment. You know, friends, I think the Lord wants to challenge every one of us in 2021. Rise up in worship. Let's step out in faith. You know, when you begin to carry that atmosphere of intimacy with God, God can speak to you anytime. Not just within the four walls of the church, but in your workplace, right? In, your, in the marketplace, uh, in your school, in your campus. The Lord can just speak to you and say, you know, share the gospel with this person. Or, you know, pray for this person. Say something to this person. Have a word of encouragement for this other sister. And then we respond. Take a risk for God. You know, I believe that we, as we walk in intimacy with God, God can enable us to do that. Share the gospel, preach for that, uh, pray for that person, whatever it is. Take risks, step out, and just do it. And then you see God work. Step out in faith. The Holy Spirit is not given 
so that we all can have a great time, you know, we come out and then we get slain in the spirit, lie down on the floor and then get out after a while, go out then eat your potluck dinners. That's not what the purpose of the Holy Spirit is for. The power of the Spirit is so that we can become, God can use us to meet needs God's way. Are you with me? Acts 1.8, right? And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then you shall be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. God wants to use you to meet needs out there God's way. Not just with our own understanding, not just with our good advice, but meeting needs with God's power. And then the doors are open for the gospel to go forth. Number one, rise up in worship. Number two, step out in faith. Just obey. Just follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And then thirdly, let's go all out to honour. Go all out to honour. Another aspect of this, of hosting the Spirit, hosting the presence of God, is, the, is, is this, honouring the working of the Holy Spirit in each other. We learn to honour the gifting, honour the working of the Spirit in each other's life. You know, I've spoken to several pastors about an observation that I made and, and uh, let, let me share that uh, with you as well. You know, I've observed that oftentimes we can have pastors, leaders, who seems to move powerfully in the Spirit, you know, when they are ministering in other people's churches. They move very powerfully when, it, when they are ministering in other people's churches, but they don't seem to see the same thing back home. Back in their own church, they don't see the, seem to see the same thing. And I've been asking the Lord, why? You know, it's, it's the same. We send a mission team, right? From here, we send them to Cambodia, we send them to Thailand, and when they go out and minister, oh, awesome things happen. God will use them to heal the sick and cast out demons and all. they get all excited. They come back here and then it all di disappears. It all fizzles out. It doesn't happen here. And then I've always wondered, why is that so? And not too long ago, the Lord then began to help me to see that one of the issues is that of honour. The ability to honour. Because when you're out there, right, when, when we send you as a team to go to Cambodia, the people in Cambodia are waiting expectantly for you to come. They're waiting to welcome this group of men and women of God all the way from Australia. And they can't wait for you to minister to them. And, and, and because they see you as great men of God coming all the way from Australia, because they see you as, as, as powerful men and women of God, that's what they reap from it. You see, because they, when you're out there, the people receive you. They see you as powerful people of God and they honour you as such. And because they receive the prophet, they receive a prophet's reward. Then the, how the Bible puts it is Matthew chapter 10, verse 41. Listen to this. It says, anyone who receives a prophet because he's a prophet, now that's the qualifying thing, okay, that it must be real and authentic. If I receive you as a prophet because he's a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. Anyone who receives a righteous man because he's a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. See, because that's how they see you, because they honour you as that, therefore they reap from that. See, so we ask ourselves, what is the prophet's reward? What's the prophet's reward? It's not the love offering they get at the end of the service, okay? That's not the prophet's reward. What's the prophet's reward? The prophet's reward is prophecy. 
See, the, the evangelist rewards our souls. The teacher's reward is revelation. See, the, the apostle's rewards are breakthroughs. And the pastor's reward is nurture, is shepherding, is care. You see, what you honour in that person is what you reap. You practice honour and you reap honour's reward. In other words, if we honour the gifting that is in one another, we will see the manifestations and reap the benefits in our midst. Are you with me? You honour the gifting that's in them. You know why that is so? It's because every time you honour the, the, the gifting, every time you honour the workings of the Holy Spirit in that person, you are at the same time honouring the Holy Spirit that is working in that person's life and using that person to deliver his, his things, his, his gift to you. Are you understanding this? See, I am not a prophet by any calling, okay, by, by any measure. I am not a prophet, but, you know, I always tell people mine is a non-profit organization, you know, but the truth is this, uh, that when I go and minister in church camps and stuff like that, I go to minister in conferences and all that, the people are so eagerly waiting to receive. They are so hungry for the Lord that they literally squeeze any prophetic juice out of me, okay? And I don't have much, but there's always enough to go around. After every session, people will queue up asking me to pray for them. And even though I'm not a prophet, I'm not wired that way, but because of their hunger, their desire, their thirst, I will lay hands and pray. And all kinds of prophetic words will come forth. At the end of the whole thing, after an, an, uh, sometimes an hour of praying for all kinds of people, I don't remember a thing <laughs> I said. I really don't. But people are ministered to. And why is that so? It's because they receive me as that. They honour me as that. And then it pulls everything out of me. And even though I don't have, I'm not by nature like that, there's always enough to go around and satisfy the hungry. See, those who receive me as a teacher, they really set me on fire to teach. And you receive me as a teacher, then it, it just pulls everything up from me. I can just go on and on, no revelation after revelation, insights after insight. Not because of anything great in me, but because of the people's hunger. They literally pull it out of you. You see, and, and what is the catalyst? I think it is this ingredient of honour. Learning, learning to honour the gifting, the working of God in each other's life. And listen to this. There is nothing that quenches the flow of the spiritual gifts in the church more than looking at one another critically, not recognising, not receiving, not honouring the gifting that is in each other. You know, even our Lord Jesus could not move in greater power when honour is not given. See, how do we know this? When Jesus went to minister in his own hometown, he was not honoured because they don't see him as the Messiah, the great man of God. They see him simply as a carpenter's son. That's how they see him. They see him as a carpenter. See, and I tell you this, if all you see is a carpenter, then all you get is a cupboard. That's it. They didn't see greater works simply because that's all they see in Jesus. See, so what happened in the end? Mark chapter 6, verse 3 to 5, listen to this. Isn't this the carpenter? That's their response. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? 
In other words, isn't he that ordinary fellow? Isn't he just a carpenter? And then they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, only in his own hometown, among his relatives, in his own house, is a prophet without honor. And then what happened? He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. They did not honor Jesus as the Son of God. And that is why they did not see his greater works. So here's my challenge to you, brothers and sisters in FCC. Let's practice honor in 2021. And then we reap honor's reward. God, the Lord put these three specific things in my heart for all of us in 2021. Then we can host the manifested presence of God in a greater way. We can host the Holy Spirit in a greater way. Number one, rise up in worship. Don't come and just see what happened. No. Come prepared every time, whether in your cell group, whether in coming to a service like that. We come prepared every time. We come early and ready to engage the presence of God and to host His presence. We come ready to give to God extravagant praise, exuberant worship, extreme passion. Give Him all that God deserves. Give it all your God. Step out in faith. Don't be afraid to take risks for God. If God says, preach this person, share the gospel with this person, pray for this person, just do it. Step out and see what God will do. And we go all out to honour the workings of the Spirit in each other's life. Honour the gifting that is in each other. Church, I am excited to see what God is going to do as we all learn to host the Holy Spirit in 2021. I don't think it's the job of the pastors alone. It's not the job of the worship team alone. It's the job of every single one of us. Imagine all 500 of us here, we all have a hunger for God and we built a throne for Him to sit on in our worship. Imagine all of our hunger, we, we pull God into our dimension and let the manifested presence of God land here. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. You can have the best organized prayer group the best cell group, you can have the best sound system, the best teaching, the best sermons. We can have the best of everything, but without the anointing of the Holy Spirit, without that touch of God, we will not be able to touch cities or to impact nation. We won't. The Holy Spirit is the key to reaching this world. And that's why we must be hungry for His presence and His power. I don't know about you, but I have a deep dissatisfaction in my spirit. I know that there's more of God's dimension that we can touch. I've been walking with God now for more than 40 years, and I'll tell you this, there are realms of, of the Spirit that I have not touched, things that I have not experienced. And I have this deep dissatisfaction inside. God, pull us nearer to you. And God, help us to see things we've never seen before. There's so much of God that we have not experienced. Don't just be content where we are. God give us a holy dissatisfaction inside of our spirit. Now, I tell the Holy Spirit is the key to reaching this world. One thing I've observed in all my travels around the world is that the Holy Spirit is strongly manifested in places where God's people are hungering for His presence. So the question, like what Dr. Dan shared with us last week, do we value the anointing? Samson of old, was an anointed man of God, but he did not value the anointing until it was too late. Elisha, however, was a man 
who valued the anointing. In fact, he was so hungry for, for God. He was so hungry for more of God. He chased after the anointing, right? All the way from Gilgad to Bethel, from Bethel to Jericho, from Jericho to Jordan. Refused to leave his mentor, Elisha, until Elisha had to turn to him in the end and say, so what exactly do you want? And then Elisha said, not much. I just want twice the anointing that you have. Give me a double portion of your anointing. At that point, even the great Elijah have to admit that you have asked a hard thing. But how many of you know, if you are hungry, God will meet you at your point that you are. And God literally did for Elisha what he asked for. When Elisha picked up that mantle, that Elijah dropped and, and left behind, he went on to literally do twice the number of miracles that Elijah did. You read the record. Elijah did a total of seven recorded miracles. Elijah did 14. It is his hunger that created a landing place for the manifested presence of God. Our hunger will host the presence of the Holy Spirit. My question for all of us, how much do we value this intimacy with God? How much do we value this anointing? If we truly want to see the manifestations of the Spirit, we must honour the gifts, the value, the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our midst. And then we let the Holy Spirit take charge. I leave you with this one last verse and then we'll pray. 2 Corinthians 3.17 is a common verse that we all quote every now and then, right? And it goes like this. Let me read for you. 2 Corinthians 3.17 Now the Spirit, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. When you look at this verse closely, we all, uh, we all know that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now, think with me. If God is omnipresent, if God is everywhere, He feels all in all, then how many of you will agree? He is everywhere, isn't it? God is everywhere. And then therefore, if this is true, then there should be freedom everywhere. Well, where the Spirit of the Lord is and the Lord is everywhere, then there is freedom. There will be freedom, right? So there should be freedom everywhere. But you and I know that's not the case. There is no true freedom in a casino or in a brothel or in a prison cell. So what is Paul really saying here? I think we sometimes miss the first part that reads like this. It says, now the Lord is the Spirit. And if that is the case, then where the Spirit is Lord, uh, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So I think what Paul is literally saying is this. If the Lord is the Spirit, if the Spirit is Lord, that is where you find freedom. The word Lord there is the word kairos, which actually means supreme in authority. Where the Holy Spirit is given the supreme right to rule. Listen carefully. Where the Holy Spirit is given the supreme right to rule, there will be freedom. Even in a prison, even in a casino, right? If the Holy Spirit is truly Lord there, if the people there are yielded to the Spirit, there can be freedom. Are you with me? It is not, it's not just... Because God is everywhere. No, 
More importantly, is the Spirit Lord in that place? See, so what's my point? My point is this. If, as you see, if we let the Holy Spirit take charge in this place, in our cell group, in wherever we go, in our closet, there will be freedom. See, where the, where the, where the Spirit is Lord, there will be freedom. 2021, I believe, is going to be a year of the Holy Spirit. We will let the Holy Spirit take charge. Let Him be Lord in all that we do. And where the Spirit is Lord, where He has supreme authority to rule and to reign, there will be freedom. And then, take the Word and the Spirit together and we will see discipleship at its best. As a church, we have always been emphasizing the rootedness of Scripture, that we always believe that we are going to build this church on the basis of the Word, and that is never going to change. But I believe God is taking us into a season where we don't just have the rooting of God's Word, we will also have the wings to fly by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then the Word and the Spirit together, we will see discipleship at its best. Amen. And that's what I'm longing for, and that's what we all will long for. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? You know, wherever you are, just stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'd like the worship team to come. and We want to have an extend, a time where we can just respond to the Lord. I want you to just stay where you are. We're not finished yet, but let's just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us today. Thank you, Lord. You know, I believe that 2021 is going to be a year where God wants to take all of us as a congregation to a place where we can experience more of the manifested presence of God and where everything begins is a hunger and a thirst for Him. You know, I love what the mystic A.W. Tozer prayed once. He prayed, Lord, I hunger to be made hungry for you. I thirst to be made thirsty for you. I long to long for you. In other words, what he's saying is this, that there are times when we know we don't have the hunger. There are times when we know we're not as thirsty as we ought to be. We're just satisfied where we are. But Tozer says, let's press in. And say, God, I hunger to be made hungry. I thirst to be made thirsty. And then when we are hungry for Him, we literally build a landing place for the manifested presence of God. I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry to be made hungry. I thirst to be made thirsty. In a few moments, here's what I'd like us to do. I wonder how many of you will be willing to say, Pastor Benny, I'm with you on this. I really want to hunger and thirst for more. I'm not satisfied where I am, but I really want more of your manifested presence of God. I want a greater intimacy with Him, a greater intimacy with your Holy Spirit. I'm willing to rise up in worship, step out in faith, and go all out to honour the presence of God in our midst. If that's your desire, Here's what I'd like us to do. I'm going to open up this place and for you to come. And then in a few moments, 
on a prayer prayer of impartation that God will really come, make us hungry, make us thirsty. Some of us here, you know, you don't have that hunger, but it's okay. Come and just say, God, make me hungry, make me thirsty. There are others of us here, you've been longing for this. And this is your moment to come. And come, let's together hunger and thirst for more of His manifested presence. And then we're going to enter into worship. So if that's your desire, would you step out from where you are and then you come as the worship team leads us. Let's, I'm going to open this place for you to come. Just come and together you say you join me and let's hunger and thirst for more of Him. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So if you need to just come, wherever you are, front and back, you are open, you're hungry, you want to be made hungry, then you step out, just quickly come. We're going to flood this place and together build a landing pad for the presence of God to land in our midst. Let's come and seek Him together and let's hunger and let's thirst for more of Him. Thank you, Lord.